Welcome to the One Within All, Back to the Interverse podcast. I'm your host, Chance, as usual, and we're going back to the classic format where I pre-recorded an episode. We're having this conversation, um, I don't know, the 23rd of April, but it should be out in a couple of days. You might have noticed that I attempted to live stream this episode with our new friend, Sipano, uh, on YouTube and Rockfin, but we had some connection issues and we decided to adapt, which is all about the same type of uh, idea that we're going to be talking about now becoming adaptable and not being stuck in a pattern. And so uh, Coach Sapano is an amazing martial arts teacher. He's an actor. He's also himself a practitioner, an MMA fighter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, does uh, I, do, I do practice that, but uh, I competed in Muay Thai. Muay Thai. That's right. I saw that too. I was just scrolling through all the brilliant nuggets of wisdom on his Instagram, which is at Coach Sapano. And also he's got a YouTube channel, the same name. And he's written a book called The Art of the Fight, which we're going to talk about a lot here today, having to do with your mental discipline and how that can affect your physical performance in all areas of life. Because really, when we learn how to master one aspect of self, it shows us the path to master any other aspect of self. And I'm sure that's going to come up in this conversation. I like to say all the time, freedom is self-mastery, and uh, it's also the ground of our being. So that means self-mastery is integral to why we're here, if those things equate. Anyway, I'll stop jibber-jabbing and get you in, uh, in on this conversation, man. <laughs> Thanks for being here. It. This is going to be a, a really fun time. I love it. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, yeah, you know, rolling and flowing with the punches, rolling with the punches, it's, that's, that's what we do. And um, so you know, as I, for those that tuned in or those that didn't tune in, we sort of started, we started with the, you know, the background, my background, getting into what I am doing now, which is, you know, working as a coach, a martial artist, an actor. And so it started for me, um, sorry, I hear this, this bird that's like yapping and I'm conscious of that. I'm going to close the window real quick. Okay. How so, dare that nature be part of this recruiting <laughs> on our artificial world here? <laughs> Not today, nature. Um, yeah, no, it's it's actually lovely here. I can see like the trees and everything, so it's it's very uh, enhancing for for these kinds of discussions. But um, yeah, the journey started for me at the age of fourteen or so, and I was into subliminal messaging, subliminal messages to enhance the the self and working with the subcon the subconscious mind, you know, and basically the stuff that you can read about from Doctor Bruce Lipton. He's written you know, the biology of belief, epigenetics, that's, that's really the heart of it. Of course, with epigenetics, there's also the, the physical aspect, the nutrition, the movement, but more often than not, it's that stuff is handled and it's more the, the, the mental side that we neglect or we're just unaware of and, and how to, to, to really harness it, harness the tool of mind. So, so it started there, you know, I had my journey through high school, I was playing competitive tennis, fell short of the mark there with, with where I wanted to be with that, you know, um, I was great on the courts, but then I it didn't really transfer as well into matches. So there was something lacking on the mental side, and it got me diving further into it. And um, I got into martial arts after college, and, and I fell in love with it got into that and, and I put tennis aside, but I was happy to do so because I found something that I think was really a fundamental piece to my soul and, and who I am. Um, I had physical setbacks and, and mental health setbacks as well, which definitely 
it just it just added to the journey you know I wouldn't be here without those struggles without the, the, the things that I went through because it just it added a lot more um just a lot more dimension a lot more color to the journey and 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 altogether you know what what I know now what I've been able to share through this book so the book art of the fight it's the distillation of the past 16 years of my life and and going down this path of self-enhancement and, and changing my script, change, getting out of the conditions that I was in. You know, I mentioned the physical setbacks as one of them were, or epilepsy, which was also it's physical slash mental. And I was dealing with that on medications. Um, I, I just knew even in high school that there had to be a way out. I wasn't, I didn't want to be doomed to having medications my whole life. And, you know, cause that's what the doctors would have had me do if I were to still listen to their diagnoses. Um, but, you know, I looked for other ways, nutrition wise and health, you know, mental, how to get out of that. So again, it's been this journey of self-enhancement and, and really creating a life that I want. And then also coaching, teaching that to others, whether it's just the physical, you know, fitness training or martial arts, self-defense, or then the mental, it's all, it's all a journey of self-enhancement and then sharing that with others. And that's what this book is, is that not first, because the first piece was me getting into all of this, training people, but a, another crucial stepping stone and getting it out there and uh, helping to serve as a foundation, a framework for people to, to improve themselves. So that was my little spiel. I'm sure there's, there's stuff jumbled in there that we can unpack, but um, yeah, let's, let's go from there. Well, uh, there's a lot in there, but I was doing my best to listen and not think of like, oh, you should say this or ask this. But what what came up right at the end where it felt safe for me to start to think about what to say next because you were wrapping up that awesome flow is that how the hero's journey always really begins in that dark night of the soul period. And so I maybe want to start there because I think with uh, the world state of 2020 and even for a lot of people, 2021, not everyone may be having their best year ever. I mean, I've had some of the darkest nights of my soul while having the best year ever. So mm. this part of the hero's journey is always present, just like every other archetype that is part of our psychic framework, that unconscious that you're discussing. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk more about that section of your journey. Um, you talked about being on medication and mm. sort of what, what got you through that? Did you have to hit the bottom to get to the top or... Was there a point where you realized I don't have to keep sinking um, even or was it like a crisis point? That's what I mean by hitting bottom. Was it like a definite crisis point? Because that's oftentimes part of when sort of the, the, the individual leaves the child state and takes up the call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that you brought up the hero's journey. And, and thanks for asking that, because that that gets into that gets me to describe what I didn't talk about was beyond the the journey of you know experiencing epilepsy and fighting that and getting off medications there was something even worse which was the, the mental health issues that I had sort of uh, in around 2012 2013 as I was getting more into shall we say my my awakening you know and, and just becoming more aware of of all that is and and energy and all that stuff we can talk about but um that just led to I was very ungrounded and I wasn't taking proper care of my body you know I was I was training a lot I wasn't sleeping because I had all this energy and and uh, I just 
it was, it was almost like the filters were removed for me. And uh, so anyways, there was just a lot of stuff that happened there, a lot of ups and downs. And uh, ultimately it just, it wound up with me crashing and, and experiencing just this deep depression, which I was in for, um, for about like, over a year, like 14 months total. And then at the end of that, or, or towards the end of that, about a year into it, I found out that I had Lyme disease and that what it was said by doctors that or the doctor that found it, that that could have been the cause of all of what I was going through mentally and physically. Um, so, you know, I went on medications, on antibiotics and stuff to, to rid myself of the infection. And, and sure enough, it worked. The way I knew that it worked was that my, my old self was returning because what I experienced as far as what I call depression for me, it was just, just a total loss of, of who I was uh, and, and, you know, losing my personality, losing everything, you know, and it was just, I was moving, you know, in space and time in a, in a physical body, but everything else was gone. So that was the bottom. If we were talking about like, like hitting, hitting a rock bottom, that was what it was for me. And just for, you know, for a long time. And I thought that I would never come out of it, but in the back of my mind or, or mine, or we can say in my heart and my soul, like I, I just knew that I had to go an, an extra day, just, just go an extra day because there is a way out. And when I got out of it, you know, I told myself when I'd get healthy again, whenever that would be that I would pursue martial arts again, I'd pursue acting and, and, and coaching and all that stuff. So I got back, you know, thankfully, you know, it was August of 2014. That's when I picked things up again and got back on the journey. Um, so yeah, it was, it was something that changed me forever. You know, it was, that was the, the, definitely uh, some nightmares that I went through and um, like just one long uh, void that I was in that I thought I would never get out of. But now that I'm out of it, you know, it's, it just, it's helped me a lot because I, uh, like I said earlier, maybe I said it in, in this, or maybe I said it in like in the, in the live that we we're doing that just gave me a lot of compassion and, um, and also just, just more, more strength, more resolve to, 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 to go after things as far as my mission is, which is to help people out and bring out the best of people. You know, one thing that popped in my mind when you brought up Lyme disease, which I feel like that's definitely um, if a manifestation, if you will, of like, do you want to live or do you want to die? <laughs> like these are the moments that hit us sometimes. Uh, and I don't know that I think people have to have like the ultimate worst case diagnosis type scenario, but a uh, recent guest and one of my good new friends, Beth Martins, she talks about her three years of fighting cancer uh, mm -hmm. before she found the will to actually live and, and got rid of her sort of self self loathing and uh, rejecting of her body. And on the topic of Lyme disease, there's also an episode back in the archives with a musician goes by the handle diet Kong and he had Lyme disease real bad and got into subtle energy practices to, eventually heal himself. But he was like one of those cases that's bedridden, nearly paralyzed for like a couple of years of your life and takes a long time to get back. And Qigong was his ultimate tool along with a regimen of Chinese medicine herbs from like, as I recall, the story was that he basically happened to meet or get introduced to a Taoist wizard, <laughs> you know? So yeah, when the, when the hero is ready, the teacher will appear that type of thing. But 
on the subject of this subtle energy thing that I think that you're so also as interested in as I am, I had this thought about Lyme disease that kind of blew my own mind, which this is maybe kind of an obscure thing, but from the small amount I know about radionics, which is like a, a system of detection using dowsing and other types of uh, psychic, psychic um, tools, if you will, partially psychic, partially technological, this weird blend. Uh, there are objects, especially in our environment today, EMF related objects, and even some like poorly constructed organite that they say, and I'm saying they say this, I don't know, but they say it puts off a, uh, a frequency color wise that is essentially like a neon toxic lime green. And a podcaster I know named Crow, Triple Seven, he's talked about this many times that when the media would do these like pandemic uh, preparatory drills where they're like, it's the Zika virus, now it's this, it's uh, Ebola. They'd always use this color. And it's like this, the band Poison, I think, also used this color, oddly enough. And so it's meant to be like sort of an inverted heart chakra frequency, if I understand it correctly. Like it's your own, it's like... It's like the color representation of uh, burning yourself out from within, in a sense. Like, this is my interpretation anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's like Lyme disease made me think of that, that this this, uh, sort of, it's an internal thing that's eating you up from the inside. There's this weird color match. And all this is to come back to like asking you, uh, like, where is your mindset on solar energy? I noticed we're both wearing a healthy root chakra body red color like we both picked up on that that's sort of the vibe for this conversation we didn't plan that you know uh you know just color and things even that seemingly small come into play for you in your your work or your life personally yeah absolutely yeah you just you just unpacked a lot of good stuff you know subtle energy and and, vibrations and colors and i mean all, all of it's it's all vibration and frequency right but um and actually i'm holding a uh a piece of blue calcite right now and i got crystals all around here but uh yeah that's stuff that Me i was too, man yeah Everywhere. I, I, I know it's good. you had a, a tuning fork too earlier and, and you were you're working with that which is awesome but um yeah yeah so okay back to your question with so co- color and, and the question was like you know working with uh there it is uh, working with um subtle energies and 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 its involvement in my life right yeah yeah, absolutely. Well, Qigong, I, I practice Qigong every day. And that's, that's a, that's my, my energy work. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's the unification of mind and body and, and gathering, connecting with, with all that is connecting with mind energy with, with cosmic energy. But anyways, um, all that to say that I, I'm, I'm very much fascinated with and aware of, of subtle energy and, and those, the forces that are around us that we cannot that we don't pick up with the five senses, but yet are very there and can be palpable with it if you develop the, the awareness for. So color thing, like, yeah, definitely. Um, things, things, you know, jump out at me sometimes. And I'm like, I want to f- feeling like wearing like a green or maybe like a, a, a black or something. I don't, I don't think too consciously of it, but I am aware of it. And I'm, I'm really into numerology as well. And, and, you know, alchemy and stuff like that. And there, there's color, there's color, correspondences with with certain uh vibrations you know certain certain numerical vibrations of the day for example which 
you know, a little tiny interjection. I I realized this about myself just now is that at a certain point I stopped picking my shirts based on what it had on it and based on the colors, what I chose it for instead. And that's kind of like, it's not like you're overthinking it. And this is people can maybe look at their wardrobe choices this way. It's just like, go for what feels good and maybe use color as the guide instead of any other metric like the brand or, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I think, and also on that with feeling, you know, it gets us in touch with intuition and that, that right brain that's sensing uh, part of ourselves and, but more importantly, the intuition and just, and just connecting with, with the flow of the day. Cause in, you know, numerology, there's, there's a personal day and then there's a universal day. So for example, today, you know, it's the, the in Pythagorean numerology, you know, it kind of changes from depending on what, how you're looking at it, but you know, it's, um, four plus two plus so two plus three is five four plus five is nine and then you take the 20 21 which is a five so five plus nine is it's a 14 five so it, today is a five universal day for us but then for each one of us individually it we are in a personal year so instead of taking this year of 2021 we take whatever our personal year is and you can find that out by taking you know your 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 month of birth and day of birth, and then adding it to the year of your most recent birthday. So anyways, for me, let's say that's, that's six. So it's six plus nine. So it's a, it's a six personal day for me, but it's a five um, universal day. So anyways, all, again, all of that to say that, it, you know, we, we choose colors sort of sometimes with, I mean, if we do do that, it's, there always is a reason for it, whether we're aware of it or not. And it's, it can tie into, not only how we're feeling, but also the, the vibrations of that specific day, which does affect how we feel and, and how we operate, you know, like a five day, five is all about the unexpected. And, you know, we had, we had some issues with, uh, with our recording in the beginning, right. You know, it's just, just, it's either opportunity, 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 or disaster, disaster, disaster. That's the five it's, it's freedom. It's progress. It's just, it's, it's change, constant change. So, um, yeah. And Let me lay this one on you. It's a Friday, yeah. which is Venus's day. And Venus makes the phi symbol in the sky. So five uh, day, phi day, Friday, it's an extra strong five day, maybe. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have the, the, the seven days of the week and yeah, the, and the alchemical core correspondences and yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's like, I guess I love the flow that we're having. So I guess if, if we, sort of wrap or tie tie this into a little bow of what we're talking about right now it's just it's just energy subtle energies all around us and, and how it all it all manifests in various ways whether it's colors whether it's it's numbers that we see or um you know the the wherever we happen to be like geomancy like the the, the energies within a specific place that we're in but um i know we kind of went on a tangent because the question was subtle energies and colors and, and choosing those. No, getting into numbers is great, yeah. man. That's an awesome tangent. It, uh, we can, you know, another interesting synchronicity is that they're the last like really heavy duty Qigong guy I interviewed, mm-hmm. which I never do enough. I mean, you can never talk about Qigong enough. I want to get into that, but, uh, his name is Seafree or Christopher Freeman or Freeman. I don't know how he pronounces his last name. It's been a while, but he also had a podcast going for a while, but I think now he just works with people more one-on-one because it's taken up so much of his time. 
And on his show, though, I noticed that there's like he has a huge interest in numerology and you'd have like weekly numerology reports as uh, one of the formats of his episodes. Mm. And so I'm wondering in a sort of Taoist sense, perhaps, or is there is there a big connection between day numerology or just numerology in general with Qigong? Because, I mean, I know the I Ching comes from a similar system of thought and that's very numerology based. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So there are different, there are different numerology systems that I'm aware of. The one that I learned was the Pythagorean system, which tends to be uh, the one, the one that we we all sort of contract with and use. But then there's there's other systems as well that even predate that, like the the Chaldean and and uh, and then well the, the Kabbalistic ones that like, that I believe comes from. I mean, well, it's, it's thousands of years prior. And then, well, Taoism itself, that's, that predates, I believe it predates Pythagoras, you know, and, and all that. So, yeah, I uh, think actually, according to, I don't know this from my own research, but according to a researcher that I respect a lot, Michael Tesserion, hmm. he actually says that this is basically hermeticism when you're talking about like real pure Taoism and that it actually hermeticism came from the East, not the other way around. I think that that's his stance on it. So what we're talking about in terms of this sort of like East Eastern philosophy, true Eastern mysticism, not in a sort of dogmatic religion sense or Confucianism, which is Confucianism in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, he had some good nuggets, but we, we don't have to go there, but I think that there's like a deep um, it's like deeply a part of the people of the Eastern lands his like ancestrally to have this mind, body, health, nature, seeing things in, as one type of holistic flow, which is what the concept of the Tao is that there's only one flow ever happening and that it just manifests itself in a whole bunch of different ways of being perceived at once. But because we all have a different point from which we perceive it seems like, seems like we have different perspectives or, or different things are happening to us, but it's all like one thing happening to everything at once and there's not really a thing involved <laughs> exactly yeah the thing itself or what we call it what we name it is, is it's arbitrary it's like the, the Tao. it was named the Tao, but the Tao is the way and, and the way is unnameable and unknowable i mean it's it just is right it's like it's nature it, it's the, the yeah so and i love that you brought up hermeticism because you can fall back on those seven universal principles that really from from my understanding can serve as those master keys to to unlock the understandings of the mechanics of the universe and and all that's contained within the all but yeah back to what you were saying it's it is that one it really is that one force that one flow that the light as walter russell talks about in one of his books a secret of light and i just seem i see these parallels across you know whether it's hermeticism or um you know, um, Taoism or, or whatever you're looking at, usually at the heart of it, the, when you look at, at, at the origins and what what the message is that it's, it's putting out is that there is this, there is this one, there's this one source and it's, it, it divides, there's duality. And then, and then, you know, there's separation that exists for us to, to have an experience. And ultimately though, it is really just one. Um, I'm trying to try not to get too, too tangential with what I'm saying, but, but 
arts, I think, you know, they are like, they're an expression of nature, their expression of that, of that oneness, that light, that, that consciousness, that source. And um, that's why it can be such a, such a miraculous thing, such a healing thing when people get into different art forms, whether it's martial arts or music or uh, painting, dancing, whatever it is, singing, it's, it's like you're, you're tapping into the Tao, you're tapping into the way without even knowing it. It's, 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 it, it goes beyond language, it goes beyond definition, and it just is, is something of its own the language thing that you just brought up is super crucial because what you're saying is completely right on the money. But then on the other side of the coin, it's arts, if you will, mostly in terms of language, what they call terms of art that are causing all the compartmentalization externally for humanity as a society. Like one group, like the lawyers, they have their own special language that they use to black magic people. Doctors do the same things like whatever the profession is, especially in the scientific arts, if you will, there yeah. is this ling linguistic barrier, not but just between the so-called layman and the expert, but also between experts in different fields. It uh, doesn't work. <laughs> it's not going to work. And what I think is also really twisted here to point out, I've never really made this realization, which is, I think, actually kind of huge is that art is like many other words, like drug, for example, where they take one word and they put a whole bunch of concepts in that word instead of having different words for different concepts that are definitely not necessarily the same thing. So what you're describing, pure arts, like healing arts or just creative arts for the sake of expressing imagination, that word is lumped into the same thing that has the root of artificial. And as soon as we're connecting these things, we're saying, okay, there's nature and then there's artificial. But when our arts, if you will, our expressions from our imagination are in harmony with nature, they're not artificial. So there's something very different here going on between that and the type of technological artifice that, and even artificiality in the sense of uh, conceptualizations that keep us from feeling connected within. We create those all the time mental prisons of different biases and judgments. And so all of, all of these are types of artifice that are keeping us in a world that feels artificial and making us feel disconnected from that which we could never leave, which is the Tao. But then on the other hand, we have art arts, like what you're describing. And it's like, wow, we need to not have the same word for these two things. Part of our mind shackles is that even when you start, like some people, I've seen this, some people start to figure out that artificiality is antithetical to nature and that everything that is in the so-called matrix comes from artificiality. And then they're just like, all oh, art's bad, art is bad. And then they've missed the literal truest form of your spiritual path as an individuating soul, which is finding your art and expressing it. And uh, they're dead, man. They're just as dead as if they were a zombie sheep. So it's like, that's a really insidious trap that I just picked up on. And we need to maybe come up with a better word distinctions here. Yeah, man. That, again, you, you touched on a lot of good stuff there. And it's like whenever I'm, I'm thinking of things or I'm getting into good conversations such as these, I think in symbols or if you, see, if you even say the word think at all, it's, it's like I'm oh, – so, so we have – so 
touching on what you just said, it's like a double-edged sword. And, and then there we have one of the, the principles in hermeticism is the principle of polarity, where, you know, all truths are but half truths and, and everything, you know, it's just, it's a matter of, of degree on a scale and it's, it, everything's dualistic. So anyway, so the point is that you have, like you said, you know, art, which if we're talking about the connection to nature, that, that, that oneness with nature, there is that which we're defining it as art and saying it's art, but then artificial and things that are created that are a part of this matrix, like you're talking about and, and not really of the Tao yet. It is of the Tao, but it's, it's a, it kind of traps you. It's this, it's like the, it's like death chi and life chi or like, like positive orgone and negative orgone kind of like Reich speaks of it. Like these things yeah. exist. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think again of, of the hermetic principles and the other principle of, of rhythm where basically, you know, the, the swing of the pendulum to the right is matched by the swing of the pendulum to the left and how, and so I'm referencing this book called the Kabbalah and I'm sure you've, you know, of it. yeah. So, you know, there's always, there's constant talk or repetition of, of the, the statement, the, the adept can polarize himself above the swing of the pendulum, thereby, you know, not, not even, not even being subject to its swing using, using law against law. So, you know, talking about like, like death chi and life chi. And I just think of what does it take? What does it take for us to rise above and completely reconcile those two and just be, be the one, you know? And that's, I think that that's what the ultimate pursuit is for all of us is, is to get out of that, that trap like you're talking about and, and get into the oneness. And the only way that I know is by going within, going into the heart and, and getting in touch with, with the soul. Yeah, dude, that's so right on. Um, I think that's how I handled it too, was I I internalized what I was perceiving as external perceiving that what I needed and valued was all external to me. And I needed to like receive it, get it. I mean, not that receiving is wrong, but like go find it. Like I'm in need, which leaves you in the, or I'm in the lack mindset leaves you in the perfect yeah. place yeah. to be taken advantage of. And then that the, also my enemies were all external. Not that I was someone that saw people as enemies, but more like that circumstances were my reason for not rising. Right. So that life chi and that death chi and by internalizing it, you realize that what you allow into your life, literally even on the perceptual level, as simple as that, is what you've decided you are. And it's, it's really simple, but also like a super deep thing to integrate because then whatever you were previously looking at and blaming on and putting in like the death category, the negative mm -hmm. category, that which is externally harmful to you. It's only, it becomes like, oh, I, I have the choice for this to not be a part of my reality, to not be harmful to me. I, using law against law, as you said, mm -hmm. uh, the best law, like uh, the best way to describe it in a metaphor is that getting above the, the pendulum swing is literally like you jump over the hurdle. You literally get above it. Like instead of it being like the pendulum swinging back and hitting you in the face, you go, I, I'm prepared for the fact that this exists in the external and I'm. I know the fact that I can jump over 
the hurdle when it comes instead of like pretending to be surprised by it <laughs> and letting that be yet again, the next excuse for why I'm not going to be responsible for my own expansion and, and go into contraction in a sense. Cause like, even in our life, that is a, that's part of the, the pendulum dynamic is that we, you're never in stasis, right? It's always like you're unfolding self or you're shrinking in and armoring self. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great stuff there. And, and again, it, you know, the jumping above that hurdle, I thought of Mario for a second, like how, you know, when you're, when he's on the ground, there's all like the, the Koopa troopers and, and, and all the stuff that you'd have to jump over constantly jump over. But then when he gets that Cape, let's say, or, or, or maybe there's even a cheat code. I don't, it's been a while since I've played it, but you know, you can, you're flying above you're, you're not subject to those things. You can't, you can just easily just glide above everything and get to your destination. And I think that's what the, the Superman is, is, is it's yeah. Like physically you're, you're flight, you've taken flight, but it's more that you are caused instead of effect you. And there's another principle cause and effect. So the, the masters, the adepts know this and they, and they, they are, in the realm of cause instead of effect, or when they rise above the swing of pendulum, they are, they are more in cause than effect. So yeah, it's like, it's not, not defining, you know, get, getting out of that trap, you know, to, to get to cause and effect. How, how do we do that? Right. You know, getting in touch with the soul, going within and having that introspective process, avoiding those, those traps of, of language and, and definition, you know, defining something as bad for you, more so the invisible stuff, right? And obviously we can agree like arsenic is going to be bad for us. But then again, you know, there's, there's also stories and accounts of, of individuals that can completely shift their biology and not even be affected by certain elements. But, you know, aside from that. No, no, you're leading, you're leading us here, dude. This is the next yeah. step of this next step of the hero's journey is a, uh, it's perfect. It's like you, you've moved past the rebel phase. Like you, you now see your enemy, but you're no longer self-sabotaging or asking for that enemy to punish you and smack you back down because that's what the rebel without a cause just is like raging against the machine. But then when in the Mario sense, when Donkey Kong kicks the flaming barrel down the building at him, it smashes him right in the face. And he's like, damn that Donkey Kong, he always kills me. But the, uh, the warrior then warriors up and gets into discipline and that what, what it takes to jump over the hurdle, it's super simple. You need to have the strength to jump that high. So yeah. the, the way to, in my opinion, the way to rise above the pendulum swing is to always be rising. And you do that by learning how to tap into subtle energy, as we were talking about, as a reservoir to then give you the will to perform externally. Because that's the only thing separating us from performance externally is will and uh, energy. So I think maybe we could even talk a little bit about how you use Qigong to build up that energy. Because even in the case of someone transmuting poison, it's because their body is operating with the proper level of Qi or electricity. And they have the internal selfhood, which Qigong can help with internal sensitivity to put the Qi where it needs to go. To give it like a silly example <laughs> my girl left a 25 pound dumbbell on the floor and I walked through the living room, not paying attention and smashed my toes into a, a metal oh. dumbbell. Guess what? 
it didn't even hurt or bother me. I used to get, this is a silly example I use all the time, but I used to stub my toe all the time as a kid and as in my early adulthood, I'd be like, shit, ow, fuck, ah. And it would hurt and I would like, and then at one point I was like, okay, every time it happened, I just put my mind into the feeling of the pain of my toe. And I witnessed my toe, silly as it sounds. And now I rarely stub my toe. And then in conjunction, maybe with just having a stronger field, which can also like help you defend against EMF, that your field is just not penetratable by that external frequency. Like it's the same concept as why a martial artist can break a cinder block with their head. But if someone else tried to hit their head on it, they would smash their head. Right. It's literally, this is what I'm talking about. Like that is the way above hurdles is just keep getting stronger. Am I wrong about that? No, no. I mean, uh, it, again, we bring up multiple good stuff there. And, and I always try to like, I, 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 I think in symbols and I, and I'm reprocessing it and, and just searching for the connections kind of on a, on a subtle level. But, uh, yeah, I think of, well, well, you're becoming cause, you know, you're, you're going above the effect and not even allowing there to be that effect of, of the pain. If we're talking about stubbing your toe, but whatever it is, you know, I mean, this is just a, an analogy, right? It's, it's rising above it, knowledge of it, knowing that it is possible. That's, that's one of the biggest things and not, not cutting off your story. Ending not your blaming story. others either. Small interjection, not blaming yeah. others. Cause part of the story I just told, I, like old me would have been pissed that someone left that on the floor and current me was just like, it's fine. I should have, I knew it was there before I stubbed my toe and I never moved it, you know, instead of blaming others. That's the key thing, like uh, for the hurdles. And that's, and that's even a, a a more applicable piece of wisdom too, is, is yeah, not blaming it, taking responsibility. and, And it's like the reframing of it too, right. Where you, if you're in it, if you have the energy, say you're in a great mood and the energy is energy's naturally high when you're in a great mood. So you can either have something that causes you to be in a great mood or you can generate it yourself. Talking about the Qigong practices, good, good, healthy movement, uh, proper nutrition, all that stuff, proper rest. You have the right, that right energy, that right state, then you're naturally going to be way less affected by those things. And, and, um, and you more, it just are, are grounded in, in yourself. You're rooted in your, your own ability, your own field. You're not giving a power away by, by blaming other things outside of you, which again, makes you effect and not cause. So yeah, right on. I mean, it, not blaming others, taking responsibility, knowing you hold the power. Um, so yeah, like, yeah. it's almost as simple as getting to the realm of effect is knowing that you're, you're an effect, not a cause. It's like, you just switch the flip, flip the switch mentally in a way. And then you just try to apply that um, frame to whatever happens and notice whenever you are pretending like you're a cause, cause you're never not, I'm sorry, pretending like you're in a, you're in the effect, right? Cause you're never not the cause. It's just like self deception in a way that keeps you in the victimhood pretending thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And you're becoming uh, to quote again, uh, a line in the Kabbalah and you're, you're becoming the mover of the pawn instead of the pawn itself. I mean, because we all are, we're, we're, we're the players, but we're also the pawns, 
you know, in this, in this 3d, but who's the, who's the player for most of us, we aren't the players. We're letting something else play us and move us. And those are circumstances, organizations, entities, energies, what have you stuff that's outside of you. That's, that's trying to harness you for a different agenda for something else, you know, which we may or may not get into, but um, it's, it's recognizing that. And, and then just, just simply then playing the game as, as the player, but also the pawn, which, which enjoys somewhat the uncertainty, you know, and, and the, the mortality, I guess we can call it like of, I was just watching Watchmen actually earlier today, the, the Watchmen with Dr. Manhattan there's towards the end, you know, he's uh, he's like talking to the, the, the guy, Vite, the, the enemy. And right? he's like, uh, I should thank you because it's been such a long time that I, it, it's refreshing to, to not know what's going to happen next. Cause the guy the the villain did something to block this character, this omniscient character from seeing everything. So he was, he was like, it's such a joy to, to, not know what's going to happen next so basically like kind of being in the game and being in the play and not wanting to see the whole story play out yet we we are we're writing that story we're creating it as we go along and we can kind of when we wish to choose to see what's going to happen and that's kind of touching on telepathy and clairvoyance and things like that clairvoyance and, and other extrasensory abilities Oh yeah. So is there in your, in your uh, sense, a connection between becoming more sensitive to your own energy through energy practices like Qigong and developing what you would call clairvoyant powers and things? Um, for me, that's the case, but especially in terms of like um, energy work, like Reiki, because of Qigong, I never needed attunement to that. It was just something that I had the ability to do. So and crystals actually helped me with that too, but you think that that's sort of like a, not that you're trying to gain powers and it won't work that way. It'll like, it'll just be that you're tapping into a flow and you just kind of have a little subtle knowing. I don't know. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's what I've thought of too. Even before you asked that question, I mean, it's something that I've, I've, just been aware of and that, that the practice of Qigong goes way way beyond just the physical benefits it, it's a way of tapping into that subtle energy the, the things that you can't pick up with the phys the five physical senses so definitely you can you when you're when you're still you and you're and you're aware that there is a greater force this this all-pervading one mind energy which which many different schools of thought talk about many many of the occult teachings talk about the all which is in hermeticism when you're okay you're aware of that and you you do practice practice such as qigong where you're 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 slowing things down and you're developing that stillness you're removing the chatter the the mental chatter going on then you are accessing that that ability those abilities which it's just it's kind of like you're going out of your body. You're you're severing the tie with your body, but not 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 completely severing it. In that you're you're just connecting with all that is and experiencing more of that unity while still being in a in a physical body, which is in the third dimension, separate from things. So in doing that, in that process, you know, it's it's not far fetched to think that you 
you wouldn't experience other other abilities, the removal of filters, which allows you to see more, uh, perceive more, you know, feel more, all those things, which is which are words for the same thing, feeling more. So yeah, totally <laughs> a long-winded answer to that. You totally can. And, and uh, um, I definitely feel more of a charge uh, as I've been practicing this for, you know, for a while now. And um, when I'm still, there are just so many things that I I pick up on and, and feel more, which, which I can't, if I were to try to describe it, it would, it would really fall short of its mark. It's just, it's not even, it's beyond words. It's just, it's feelings. And for me, like there's, it's a, it's clairsentience. I know people kind of tune into different types of the clairvoyance, clairsentience, um, clairaudience. Uh, it's clairsentience for me too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, it's just stuff that you, you pick up on. Which means you just can pick up on how other people are feeling kind of like the direct feeling of things, right? Is that kind of how you would define it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and empathics are, I believe are very clairsentient. So I think I, I was naturally always like that, except I just wasn't aware of it. And, and for me, you know, I always thought I would be picking up on all these energies and I would think that those are, those are mine, my energies. And, and picking up I know, on, man, dude, yeah. what it was like for me is I, be, when I was young, I was like a chameleon that just yeah. took on the exact behaviors and attributes and expressions of whoever my closest friends were. And I hated myself when I got later into t- being a teenager, because I thought I had no individuality. I thought I was like a, a psychopath or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, yeah. like eventually I started developing some selfhood. And now that's not the case. I still have that. I still like sort of sponge up a, a few little traits of people I'm close with, but now it's not interfering with the um, delivery of my organic original being in any sense. Like, so there's a, there's maybe something about the empath wanting to feel the feeling of validation because a lot of times we're around people that don't validate themselves in any sense. And, and then we're not. And so we just kind of always feel not good enough, but I think on the set, the idea of like separating from your body, but not exactly separating the way I like to look at it is that you're more like you're, you're kind of feeling beginning to feel a larger body in a way, like the larger body yeah. that your small body is in. You're like breaking a compartmentalization. Your bioenergy is getting less sort of armored from the uh, rest of the Tao in a way. You're coming out of your egg, your shell. You're literally being hatched and born <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a sense to your, your next and greatest expression of life, which is to see how all life is actually one life, not just the, uh, the egg that you were in incubating in. So I think, I think Qigong really can do that. It's like you're imagining what the energy would feel like inside yourself at first, and then that gives you um, internal framework of how it will feel when you start noticing it on your own. That's what I tell people is like, you don't feel anything when you're doing some movement I'm teaching you. Imagine what you think it should feel like and focus on that. And then eventually that'll just be, because it's like you've atrophied uh, a sense and imagination is not something, something fictional. That's like, in my opinion, imagination is exactly what Tao is. Yeah. It's the tool. It's the, I actually talked, I I'm creating this, a series of videos called operating your machinery which is your spiritual machinery and so i already have the two parts on youtube uh, that i've uh, 
published part one was the mind. And I talk about imagination as being, so in all of them, and I have the mind, I have body slash ego and I have heart and soul, but with each of them, there's a theme of, of the weapon or the tool or the muscle you can say of, of each of these things. And for mind, it's imagination, you know, that's, it's that ability to, to create and it's all, all facts and perceptions. A friend of mine told me this once, or, and I just, that, that, line really stuck with me uh, facts and perceptions come from the realm of imagination you know we can't we can't call something what it is without first imagining it you know everything that exists here first existed on a mental plane right so yeah i mean all that to say that it's not it's not fiction at all it's very it's very real and as kids we're we're the masters of it and and then we just lose sight of that we, we lose touch with that and those who don't are are fortunate and gifted and, and those who do can still get it back. It's just a matter of belief and, and a willingness, you know, to, to play again and, 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 you know, uh, just have that, that innocence and, and, um, yeah, that playful playfulness is the That's best. the word I was looking, thinking of, yeah. dude, because like, it's not even that the imagination gets taken away or beat out of you. It just gets poisoned so yeah. that there's only one flavor in it. It's like, um, yeah, before you had uh, your original imagination was just like everything in creation in balance within you. And then someone came and took a bunch of ingredients and baked them into something gross and then put a lot of pepper in there that you didn't like, and it's already cooked. And how do you get the pepper out? <laughs> That's how it is with some people's imaginations. It's just close to just one sort of flavor of reality. But I uh, love that we're on this topic, but in the first hour, I want to at least give the next 10 minutes towards t- telling people how you can work with them directly or tell them about your book, just um, some time to promote indivi- your individual offerings so that people know what's out, what's available to them in, in the many different realms that you could possibly help. And then we'll get more deep into this uh, esoteric stuff and also get into what is the art of the fight in the second hour. We'll reserve that for the uh, the premium people, the uh, the real good acronym based uh, information. That's always really helpful because then you have a mnemonic device. You say you, you think in symbols. I kind of know what you mean, uh, and I don't have like thoughts a lot of times in these conversations. It's like an entire concept tries to, like a continent, just starts pushing its way across my mental globe if you will (laughs) it's like here's the entire thing in one big package try to grab what you can before it sinks (laughs) exactly exactly yes oh yeah so um i do yeah so there's there's art of the fight my book that's out it's on amazon it's in paperback form and kindle now so definitely check that out i consider it it's an easy read and really short but just like has the the distillation of of all the stuff that I've learned and I feel is useful at least as a starting point to to this this journey of self enhancement. So not just for actual people who practice martial arts. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, you can. I've had a lot of people that read it that aren't practicing martial artists, uh, but but they still really benefit from it. And it's um, you know we have a lot of good simple wisdom and and techniques that I, that I share in there, like meditation, mindfulness, how to start practicing those self-talk, becoming aware of that. So yeah, it's for, for all walks of life. doesn't matter whether you're a, an athlete, a combat athlete or not. If you just want to perform better, 
in this game we call life, then you'll benefit from, from the wisdom in the books. And it's kind of like, again, like the principle of correspondence, there's, there's, there's different levels to it sort of. So you can, you can read it from whatever level you're at and, and it'll, it'll have benefits. Cause I've had people that are way, way more, um, in tune on their journey and they, they still benefit. And then also those that, that are, are just starting out and getting into these sciences, so to speak, and, and these, this awareness and they, they definitely benefit. So yeah, all walks of life. That's the, the book that I have. And then um, I did mention numerology earlier. I do do numerology readings. I don't really promote that. And it's kind of uh, for, for seekers only, but I think those listening in on this are definitely seekers. So yeah, it's uh, um, I can, I can give you the the link and, and it's really simple. It's just coachsapano.com slash numerology. And if I'm wrong on that, I'll, I'll let you know later on and maybe we can shift it, but it should just be that. And there's a link on there that people can sign up for. And that's just me getting into people's numerology and, and diving into, you know, what their life path is, what their, their physical destiny number is, their, their heart number and, and how, the interplay of those numbers. What does that mean for you? It kind of helps serve as, as just another intuitive tool just like astrology can be you know when done correctly and help the person find more clarity on their path so that is that is a service that i that i offer i've done for people and um yeah they, they always had a good experience and i've learned from the best uh, i learned from a, a guy that's been practicing for 40 years his name is michael bisbelia uh he's he's like a wizard for sure modern day wizard um but yeah so that's that's another thing i do and and if anyone wants to get in touch with me, it's just Sapano at coachsapano.com. And you can go on my, you know, my website. I, I put my videos my, uh, on YouTube. So I have my YouTube channel and I, I try to keep, keep it uh, updated on my website as well and have like an article, a written article description with those. So yeah, uh, amongst those, you can, you can find me, reach out to me if you have any questions and all that good stuff. Yeah, your YouTube channel needs some love. People get on there and subscribe. You can find yeah. excellent wisdom nuggets in great bite-sized packages. So I appreciate that about your content as uh, someone that puts out huge multi-hour pieces of content and, uh, and knows how sometimes it's hard for people to digest that. And you've got a lot of good stuff on there. I was scrolling through the videos today and We'll probably talk about some of the concepts that you teach on that and definitely some of the things from your book when we jump over to the second hour. And I just want to say thanks for being so cool about the stream not exactly working out. Like there was never, you know, talking about clairsentience. Uh, I can always kind of feel it if the, the guest is uh, peeved or it doesn't really happen that often. But like, especially when I was first starting out and I had a lot more technical problems. Like I would, or if the guest kind of had a nervous thing going on, all I got from you was just like, good vibes is going to go great. And I, I appreciate that type of energy from anybody in any situation. And uh, this was definitely not a disappointing convo. Like we went into some of the deepest waters that you can get. Like that was uh, usually, usually the first hour takes more warming up before we go that far into the the well. So I'm um, looking forward, especially to the second hour. And, you know, I see in your notes actually that you sent me too, uh, that we already covered the seven hermetic principles and that was just organic to the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Probably some of this stuff we have already covered, but there's a few that I have highlighted that I'm really excited to dive into with you an hour or two. So everybody show the Sopano 
Coach Stepano, some love on YouTube. Subscribe there. Uh, hit him up for the numerology service and check out his book. I think the mental disciplines that he's teaching in there are going to be, like he said, applicable to any person, any individual, any walk of life, because the real warrior knows that the only enemy that is to be defeated is the enemy within. And not that you have like some lurking evil creature in your subconscious, but that that when the, the idea of an enemy, the idea of something that can't be overcome or that is um, harmful to you and not actually just a teacher, a guide or a challenge for your benefit, that is the enemy within. And every time those thoughts come up on those hordes of thoughts come across the, the plains towards your castle, you're up there, you tell your archers fire and you, those thoughts get picked off because you never stop watching. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the metaphor I like to use, but yeah, we'll mosey on over to hour two. This has been phenomenal, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. You said a lot of, of kind words there. I mean, yeah, without taking up too much time, but yeah, just right back at you. I mean, thanks for having me. And, and yeah, we got really into, into some good stuff already. You know, our friend Kalina, she was, she told, I told her, you know, that I'm good jumping on this and she's like, don't hold back at all. And I told her, no, I won't, you know, this is, this you know he's going to be receptive the listener's going to be receptive and uh that's what i like i like to just just get right to the heart of things so yeah um, i'm so grateful for the audience i have it's grown slowly because some of this is kind of niche ways of thinking but also it's grown as fast as i've been able to accept my role here doing what i'm doing with confidence so we're at a point now though because i think i've stayed authentic to my interests and uh been open to guests like like yourself without the resistance that maybe some hosts would have or the rigid worldviews uh, mm-hmm. that the audience that's grown up around this show are some of the most incredible people I've ever talked to. I have many, many great friends from uh, you people out there. So I'm really excited to keep expanding that and drawing the right people because when we're authentically ourselves and not trapped in the thoughts of what others are going to think about what we're doing, then we draw to ourselves the people that are actually attracted to our authentic self instead of people that are attracted to people who try to make them feel good. (laughs) Something like that. But yeah, thanks Kalina. And uh, yeah, we'll hop over to hour two. You can get, you guys can find that on Rockfin and uh, Patreon. So get on it. What are you waiting for? It's obviously going to be incredible (laughs) based on this first hour. And uh, thanks man. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the end of this one. And it was hard to wrap it up. Honestly, we had such a good time. The flow was real. I love talking to people that have like a Taoist view of reality because that's kind of how mine is too. And the harmony, the synergy, the resonance is just epic. This conversation was definitely no surprise to me that we would be able to reach these levels of coherence because what he's talking about in the art of the fight this uh, ability to tap into resonance to achieve triumph, you know, to actually reach the goals we set our aims at and not self-sabotage or through the mental plane. That's like where this is happening um, for most people, right? So Sapano is a great dude. We had so much fun. I hope you guys go check out his website, his Instagram, his YouTube. I said it in the first hour, but his YouTube needs some more subscribers. It's not... It's like a little hidden gem of excellent presentations. And I hope 
some of you do go tune into that. I've got links on the episode description and on my website post for this where you can get to anything that Sapano is doing that he shared with us anyway, including the numerology side, which was a cool surprise. That was a very organic part of the conversation. In the episode description, you'll also find the links to catch the second hour on Rockfin and on Patreon. Also, to address the live stream situation, if you guys try to tune into the live stream of this episode and you only got five minutes of garbled speech, that's my bad. I got to step up my game. I've learned exactly how to deal with what happened there, which is to test out the equipment before I ever schedule a live stream. That way, no one's ever let down. But I know you guys forgive me. I've been so excited about the live videos I've done lately that I've I maybe tried to push this one into a live when it didn't fit there in the first place because what we were discussing was so deep. Getting into conversations with the chat might have derailed what could have been, you know, what could have been, right? And what we did get was this very beautiful, uninterrupted, extremely harmonious conversation. And I'm sure you guys felt that. We didn't even touch a lot of the notes that Sipano provided for me. I appreciate when guests are able to do that because it does give us some fallback things and I can kind of pick and choose out of there. And much of his philosophy came through just from the organic side of the way this all unfolded. So really excited about it. If you want to uh, be privy to the video versions of shows, I really think at this point, that's my main format. So you're going to need to follow me somewhere. And if you don't like GooTube, I understand <laughs> there the live streams are going to be there for now. Cause that's the way that I've got things set up and uh, I have a good amount of people that do tune in there, but there's also library also accessible through the Odyssey website. There's BitChute, So there's other ways to catch the content. And of course you'll never be let down if you're just sub to the premium because you get the second hour and uh, the Rockfin interface is really easy. One thing I love about Rockfin is uh, you kind of get two flavors. Okay. Rockfin or Patreon. I like Rockfin more. Uh, conceptually, philosophically, Patreon, I have huge problems with, but a lot of you are already subscribed through there. I don't want to pull the rug out from under you. The functionality is still working for me, so I'm not going to just cancel it. But if they get more militant with their censorship, I might potentially get kicked off of there. There's just no way to know how their algorithms decide who's going to go and who isn't. I think they target people more than they target content based on what I've seen happening there and uh, who is and isn't pulled down. But Anyway, you get two choices. With Patreon, you're going to pay me five bucks a month, which is a very small pittance for an amazing extra hour of every episode every week. Uh, and that all goes mostly to me. They don't take a huge cut. So that's kind of cool for me. But I don't do the live streams to Patreon currently because my internet doesn't do well to stream to three places at once. I might be able to change that when I upgrade my internet down the line when I get around to it. I do have a better option. I just need to get set up. But for now, Rockfin, you can actually get the second hours live when we do it that way. Not going to do it that way every time, as I said. But Rockfin's $10 instead of 5 But you also get every channel on Rockfin that is available with premium content. You can do a free account there. You can catch my videos for free there, too. The free hour will always be up there of current shows in 2021. So, again, if you don't like YouTube, get the Rockfin app. One of the cool things about it is you can play videos while minimized and just listen to them if it's an audio-based show anyway. Uh, you know, with YouTube, if you were to do that, you'd have to pay them the $15 or $16 a month 
subscription just to YouTube to be able to minimize videos and not have ads on your video. Yeah, YouTube's gross for a lot of reasons. Hope they didn't hear me say that. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, advantage of Patreon, though, is you can get an RSS feed of the show that copies into your podcast player that you use, whatever app you use. The Patreon app is also pretty good. I think the Rockfin app is only on iOS right now uh, for iPhones, which is a downside, but you can use it in the browser of a web browser. So you're not limited just based on being on a mobile device when it comes to either platform. And uh, I think overall, probably Rockfin's better. They seem to treat their creators better. I'm more excited about it. But do whatever one you want. If you want to catch the second hour of the show, there's a lot there. We talked about the ART acronym of the art of the fight. He broke that down for us. I don't want to spoil it, but it had a lot to do, at least in my opinion, with the trivium method. And as far as conversations about the trivium method, if that's something you've heard of before, this was one of the best I've ever had in terms of breaking down this process of how we can actually get to the middle of ourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, like output what we want to output and not just be completely based on stimulus response and reactivity. And it's essentially victimhood, uh, pretending we don't have responsibility. We had a lot of conversation about Qigong, which is a huge part of my life. And it seems like Sopanos as well. One of the deepest Qigong conversations I've been in. Is, so that was great. Discuss the imagination as a portal, how to feel triumphant even when you lose the metaphorical match. And at the end, there was just this incredible conversation about the Wu Wei, embodying emptiness so that spirit and selfhood can flourish. Sounds paradoxical, but it's this path of least resistance that's actually the, the fastest. It's like learning how to open up your sails and get to the universal, uh, the winds of universe, right? Eventually, they're going to take you everywhere you want to go. So you can kind of drop needing to motivate yourself with the motor of desire and let yourself be filled with your own spiritual energy and that let that be what takes you places. And that sounds like kind of fancy, but it's as simple as actually gaining enough self-awareness and reality awareness that you can see what is the best thing to do next. And so your, your choices become easier to make. Like you can see clearly what the right choice is. It has a lot to do with having your own morality right from wrong. I keep scratching my nose a lot. It's because I just held my cat to throw him out of the room. I didn't need to tell you that, but got me a little itchy. Got his uh, kitty cat fuzz all up in my beard. But I'm going to play us out today with a song from Lucid. Big surprise. I love that guy. Friend of mine from St. Louis who is always putting out excellent music. But I love playing music from my friends. And if you want to get some music to me that I can hear that you made, I'd love to hear it. I need help finding new music because sometimes I'm so busy I don't go looking for it. Another thing, it's on my YouTube channel, but it's not anywhere else. I should have announced this at the beginning. But I did a huge presentation on Beth Martin's show, The King Hero's Journey podcast, about virtual unreality, where I finally laid it out somewhere in one cohesive presentation. My research in a condensed form on... Gnosticism, simulation theory, and the occult symbolism in video games, and how this is all social programming towards this fantasy reality of transhumanism. All that sounds pretty intense, and it kind of is, but I made a PowerPoint, so you know it's, it is actually pretty intense. There's like a whole, there's slides and stuff in this presentation. 
And if you're only listening to the show on the audio version, like through your podcast app, you might've missed that that came out because it was visual ref. There was a lot of visual reference to it. And I just thought, you know, I'm not going to put that out as audio only. Sometimes I do. And I put a link to the slides, but I'd rather you just go check out the video because it turned out really good. And I hope you do. It's one of my most proud moments as a content creator to be able to put forth original research, a perspective that I think is not being shared by anyone else, like really my uniqueness coming out in uh, in that presentation. Really exciting stuff. Hope you check it out. You can find it. I mirrored it to my YouTube channel or you can go to Beth Martins, M-A-R-T-E-N-S on YouTube. And if you don't know who that is, then you only just started listening to the show. I would guess because uh, Beth is a great friend and she's been on a lot recently and she's amazing. And she also was on Unslaved last week and I'm going to be back on Unslaved uh, two days from now, which is this Sunday. And so the episode will be coming out the week after the, the, the week that this show comes out, like within a few days, that is when my next show on Unslaved will come out. And I'm going to be covering the same type of stuff I talked about with Dylan in that money conversation that was so wildly awesome. And uh, we'll get Michael's take on that and David's take on that. Michael Tessarion, David Whitehead. And, I, and uh, unless something changes, I'm actually taking Dylan Sikosio with me to Unslaved, introducing him to those people, which is always a joy to me to connect intelligent people with other intelligent people and watch the sparks fly. So I'm looking forward to that big time. Uh, if there's anywhere to be a paying subscriber to besides Interverse, Unslaved should be up there on the list. There's more than that, of course, out there. Amazing content creators all over the place popping up lately, but that's a good one. Unslaved.com. And yeah, play us out with that Lucid track that I promised. Send me your music or show me your art. Join our Discord. There's a lot of ways we can connect. I think I'm going to set up a Telegram for you, Interverse soon, but I don't want to abandon the Discord because it's pretty lit. So we might have both going at the same time. I'm not going to maybe force a mass migration, but we'll see. It would be kind of cool if we were all in one place. And right now the Discord is where most of the chat happens around Interverse. So you can find a link to that in the show notes and on my website. And I'm done now. So here's this great song, uh, Irish Loot. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's what it's called. It'll say in the show description and a link back to Lucid's page where you can hear this weird song that I like a lot. And that's it for now. It was a really good time talking to Sopano. And I think you guys agree that that dude has got definitely got the black belt degree in terms of uh, <laughs> like this mental martial arts thing that he, he teaches and practices. So all around phenomenal episode. Thanks again, Kalina, for making us connect like that. Uh, love getting good recommendations from friends and from listeners about people who you'd like to hear on my show. Can't take all of them. But a lot of them end up being really good gold, really good gravy. And that's it. All right, we're out of here. Much love to you guys. Thanks, Sopano. Thanks, Kalina. Thanks, everybody. And I'll catch you guys next time.